Welcome to the Tanakh podcast and welcome to the final chapter of Ishayahu Perek Samachvav, chapter 66. heard a wonderful idea from uh, Rav Steinsaltz. I've also read it in the writings of uh, Rabbi Sachs. They say that in the biblical uh, theology, in the theology of the prophets, we frequently have sort of absolute values. Take, for example, the value of peace. We have here the view of Isaiah, which is that they will beat their swords into plowsheds. Um, a sort of utopian vista of uh, the end of all wars, the end of violence and 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 uh, armed conflict, and this image of of peace, they say in the worlds of the prophets, is 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 total. It's unadulterated. It's perfect. It's pristine. It's sort of uncompromising. But as a result of which, it's it's very difficult to to employ because. Is the world so perfect? In fact, Rosh Steinsaltz's point was, he says, the problem with Israeli society, the problem with the Knesset is that, you know, Ben-Gurion convinced us that we are the land of the Bible, and therefore everybody stands on their soapbox, everybody stands up there and is unwilling to compromise because they have these total and absolute and categorical values of socialism, of equality, of if we're talking about currently, of democracy, of of, of freedom, of, of 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 militarism, whatever it might be, of the great of the the land of Israel or of peace, and suddenly we get into conflicts because it is so categorical," said Rav Steinsaltz. But look at the Talmud. <laughs> the Talmud, everything is a debate. Everything is a machloket. Everything is a discussion. Everything is is nuanced, and therefore, in the world of the rabbis. Uh, take, for example, uh, the notion of peace, and it's called Darakei Shalom. But Darakei Shalom, as we see in Masechet Gitin, for example, is always a compromise. I'll give you an example. What happens if you're in the land of Israel and it's during the sabbatical year where nobody's meant to be working, um, but you see a non-Jew working the land, and then you're allowed to say to him, oh, I hope your field you know, is really successful. You're allowed to greet them and encourage them. Uh, now, this is, of course, a compromise situation. We wouldn't want not to be in our land. We wouldn't want the temple to be destroyed. We wouldn't want non-Jews to be farming Eretz Israel. And yet all of that is the reality. And within this situation, you can even play Darkei Shalom. You can greet and encourage um, Gentiles to work the land. This says, Rav Steinsaltz says, Rabbi Sachs, it's a classic example of a nuanced reality, a mediated reality, a flawed reality, a broken reality. And therefore you have the pristine image of the prophets, this utopian image of peace. And then you have the rabbinic, which is far more practical and nuanced and qualified. And so Rav Steinzel said, you know, I'm going to translate the Talmud into Hebrew. I would like to see the reality of the Knesset be far more of a, a Talmudic, Talmudic discussion rather than a prophetic discussion. Uh, it's a lovely, a lovely interpretation. Um, as I say, Rabbi Sachs sort of says the same. So there is a certain amount of truth to this philosophy, but as I read through the Sefer, 
um, and as we're finishing Yeshayahu, you can see that even Isaiah itself, even the prophet itself, is far more nuanced. Um, and I'll give just a couple of examples from our from our chapter. Uh, our chapter, on the one hand, let's talk about universalism and particularism. Is uh, is this a safe air for the whole world, or is it a, a just for the Jewish people? On the one hand, we have at the end of the chapter, like there will be a new heaven and a new earth, so you will, and it will stand forever, so you will be there here forever. Uh, I'll give you another example. He talks about Pasukhet, Mishama Kazot, Mira Akaela. Before you even have uh, birth pangs, you will be born. Who's ever heard of such a thing? Can an earth be created in one day? Can a nation be created in an instant? Because Zion has given birth to her people. So on the one hand, we have the particularist vision in our final chapter, Simchuet Yerushalayim Vegiluba Kol Ohaveha, Jerusalem and all her loved ones. On the other hand, we have a universal vision. All of the nations of the world are going to be invited to come and bow down in Jerusalem. So, does Judaism have a vision which is universal or a vision of a chosen people, as we've seen in this Sefer, the notion of an Orla Goyim, the notion of a, a role for the Jewish people in a special status? The answer is yes, it has both of them. And if you've been following us, as we've been learning uh, through Yeshayahu, you've seen lots of questions where the answers are complex. They're not simplistic. Um, for example, uh, who's going to return to Yerushalayim? Is it everybody? Some Prakim say yes. Or maybe it's only those people who repent. Other chapters say that. Right? Who's going to return? Is it going to be a She'irit, a Pleita? Is it going to be a small remnant? Or is everybody going to be coming back? Um, and so many questions here are described with nuance where you see one top, one perspective in in one segment of the book and others in in the others sometimes we might describe it as confusing but it's i think creating a multi-layered multifaceted um image of the future so let me just say a couple of words about our chapter there is a certain chiasm here with the first chapter of Ishayahu mirroring the last chapter we just read the Psukim, which talk about uh, coming to the temple. And if you remember, the very first chapter in, in the book spoke about exactly this. The notion that everybody would come to the temple every Shabbat, every Chag, on Rosh Chodesh and on Chagim. Um, so this notion of people coming to the temple is the way the book begins and ends. In fact, this chapter, chapter 66, whenever Shabbat falls on Rosh Chodesh, this is the Haftarah. So 
The Sefer begins and ends in the same theme. It also begins and ends with the sense that people are coming to the temple, but they aren't ethical. And therefore, there needs to be a process of purification, of purging. Right? He starts talking about it and says, do you think that I am going to just be happy with what you're doing? If you are shochet um, while you're bringing your sacrifices, you are makesh. You're ex- exercising violence. You think you're bringing sacrifices in the uh, temple, but you're you're doing all sorts of evil things. So there is a critique of society and a sense that society needs to be in some way purged and the background of Shabbat and Chag, which means that this chapter, and then, of course, there is, in the same way as the first prophecy, the end of chapter one, beginning of chapter two, ends up with a sort of a universal vision of peace. Likewise, the Sefer ends with this universal recognition of God. So I think it's important to point out that the book begins, ends in very many ways on the same themes, on the same sort of broad themes. And in order to, you know, keep things somewhat short, um, I'm going to just finish with another very beautiful um, image for you. And one of the Psukim, verse 14, says, the verse 13 says, like like a, a person has his mother comfort him. I am your mother, says God. So you will be comforted, and how will you be comforted? Through Jerusalem. You'll see your hearts will be joyous, and your very bones, your bones will sprout forth like grass, and God's hand will be known over all of his servants. If you go to the old city and you go to the, uh, to the Kotel area, you go to the southern wall exp- excavations. Um, you see a street, uh, an ancient Herodian street, which has been uncovered by archaeologists. One of the people who who exposed that street was somebody called Professor Mazar. And after the we recovered the the old city in 1967, uh, Binyamin Mazar was one of the big archaeologists who dug down something like 10 or 15 meters from the level of the street then and discovered the ancient Herodian road. But he found something remarkable. On the very wall of the outer wall of the Beit HaMikdash, close to the corner between the southern wall and the western wall, he found this pasuk etched, etched into the walls. You will see, and your heart will be glad, and and you will be spread like grass. Your very bones will come alive like the grass. Who wrote this? When was it written? According to Binyamin Mazar, he thought it dated to the year three, between 361 and 363, when there was the emperor Julian the Apostate. <laughs> and he said that this represented just something like 200 years after the Khorban, Jews coming to Jerusalem and yearning for the Geula, yearning for the return to Jerusalem. And here we are in our blessed state of Israel, able to be in Jerusalem, 
And not everything is perfect. We certainly don't have a utopian reality. We certainly have a reality that we need to mediate. So many of the prophecies of Isaiah have come true. There is still so much to come true. Uh, so much work needs to be done in order to bring us closer to that vision. But maybe now we've studied the Sefer, we can understand why the book of Yeshayahu has become a lodestar. It has become a sort of like a, 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 a signal, a homing signal, that we should uh, understand what we have to yearn for, what we have to hope for. Yes, in that regard, it is certainly utopian. And literally, the, the words of the prophet are written on the walls there. And we can now see something which was hidden. For the last 1800 years has been revealed. The, the, the words of Yeshayahu literally carved into the walls of the second temple, hoping for restoration and return. It's been a pleasure learning Sefi Yeshayahu with you. And next week, Sunday, we start the book of Yirmiyahu. Very exciting. Please tell your friends. Please join us. And very soon we're going to have a, a Patreon account so that you can also uh, help a little bit financially with uh, this podcast. Tov lehitraot, toda raba. Torat Hashem temima Torat Hashem temima Torat Hashem temima Beshivat nafesh Torat Hashem temima